Let's all please turn to the book of Matthew. Of course, that's the first book in the New Testament. The book of Matthew, chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verse 11. This is part of the Beatitudes. Matthew chapter 5, verse 11. <clears throat> if we could please stand to honor the reading of God's word. <coughs> Pardon me, I'm sorry. And it says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 11, it says, Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. Now, I want to say that again, and I'm saying this because I want to put it in perspective for you. <laughs> this is what it says again. It says, Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely. Falsely. For my sake. I've had people, I've seen people use this verse a lot about when they're teased. About being a geek, a nerd, or whatever. About their weight, about uh, the way they live. <laughs> you got nothing to worry about if it's not true. And you got nothing to worry about. And I say this because I am a geek. <laughs> and I don't mind. I don't worry. Doesn't bother me. But sometimes people try to use this verse to say that those people are wrong for doing it, and they, maybe they are. I don't know. This thing's going out. It's a little hot. This, uh, it's okay. People shouldn't necessarily do that. But this is also not a verse about being teased at school. It's really about people speaking against you for the, for the, living for the Lord God. That's what it is. But either way, when I grew up, I grew up. Loving lots of goofy things. I really did. But I grew up loving and still loved Charlie Brown. Loved, loved the, uh, the, the comic strip at the time of uh, the Peanuts. That's what they called them, the Peanuts characters. I love Charlie Brown. Still do. In fact, uh, that's why I have this tie. You can see him wearing a tie with the ziggity zags of, of Charlie Brown, who wore yellow most of the time. At least in the cartoons, always wore yellow. He originally wore red yeah, when he first started. Black and white in the very beginning, but then when he started going color, it was, he was wearing red, and so uh, that's why I'm wearing what I'm wearing. And uh, I love Charlie Brown, I love him very, very much. Uh, most people do, you know. I love the Peanuts Gang, created by my brother in Christ, your brother in Christ, Charles Schultz. That's why there's a lot of people who can relate, a lot of Christians can relate to the Peanuts characters. Which tonight we're going to talk about some of that, it's why it's going to be called the Peanuts Gallery. I love all the characters. Every single one of them, about them. Every single one of them, which we'll talk about tonight. Well, maybe not all of them, but most of them. We're going to talk about them tonight. But I especially relate, as most people do, to Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown was somewhat connected to Charles Schultz. That's why he created him. Where I think all of us relate to Charlie Brown. I mean, we've all been nerds. We've all felt like we don't belong. Everybody feels that way sometimes. We all feel like we can relate to this character here. Okay, so maybe you all haven't been the kind that uh, is balding. Maybe y'all haven't been the kind that feels like a nerdy geek who doesn't belong in school. I have. Uh, maybe you're the kind of not the kind of guy that feels like he he no matter what he does on the mound of baseball he just cannot do right by throwing the ball and throwing about. You know maybe you guys are good at sports. I, I'm not. Maybe no matter what you try, maybe you can kick the football. You know the people right now that you're enjoy the Chiefs. 
I'm not good in sports. I always try. I'm not good at it. So I can understand where Charlie Brown's at. But you all know Charlie Brown tries to kick that football, and we know that there's a certain character who always yanks that football away. We know about that. But some of us, some of us can really relate to the balding, lack of self-confidence, crush on the little redhead girl. I had crush on the little redhead girl once in, in school. Of course, I also had a crush on a little redhead girl, a little brown-haired girl, a little blonde-haired girl. A little bl I had a crush on lots of girls, and, and of course, you know, they usually went the other direction. But maybe it's because he had a white doll with with black ears. I had that, too. Uh, mine wasn't called Snoopy. Mine was called Herman, but I loved him. And I was, I, my dog wouldn't sit on top of his house. I sat on my dog's uh, house, so I loved that dog just like he loved his. And maybe it's because he had a little sister that drove him nuts, and I had the same and loved her dearly. Uh, maybe it's because those things, but I related with Charlie Brown greatly. Uh, when I was two, I loved the Peanuts so very much, and I had a cousin. I had a cousin when I was two years old that reminded me of the, one of the Peanuts characters so very, very much. In fact, she's here today because I told her that I'm going to be talking about her just a smidge, just for a smidge. And I don't want you to think it's put down. It's not. When I was two, I found it to be a great connection. I really thought my cousin Leslie was Lucy because Leslie and Lucy have a lot in common. One of them is because the name Leslie and Lucy, for a two-year-old, that's nearly the same name. And because they were both brunettes and for a few other characteristics that were the same. They were both big sisters to a little boy. Although my cousin, the other cousin, Robbie, reminded me of, of Schroeder. I won't even go into that whole relationship with Lucy, but I'll say this. Uh, the fact is, they went to Tower View Baptist just up the street, and Tower View Baptist at the time had the Peanuts characters painted on the side of the church. And so I really thought, when I was there, I really thought they had painted loosely, Leslie, Lucy, on the side of the church. Plus, Lucy played baseball, and so did Leslie. And Leslie, God bless you, I really thought you'd be the kind that would pull the football away from me if I tried to kick it at the age of two. And she says, yeah, she would, probably would now, even with my knees. I really thought that that was my cousin. So, you know, the thing is, I loved, I loved the Peanuts growing up. And every couple of months or so, the Peanuts had a special. And the cartoon movies were at the theater. They had toys, books, concerts, everything. And uh, the, the, in the Peanuts, Charlie Brown, he was insecure, called many things. Uh, it didn't help with his self-confidence to be called these names. He was called wishy-washy, he was called blockhead, he was called a clown, especially in that song y'all probably remember. Charlie Brown, he's a clown, and what would he say? Why is everybody always picking on me? And the, his usual comeback and return was good grief. You remember that. So because of that, today's sermon is called the wishy-washy blockhead clown, good grief. That's the title of today's sermon, and we'll, we'll see why. First of all, what does it mean to be a blockhead? To be a blockhead is to be dumb. For your likes or for your beliefs, a lot of times people will call you dumb. And to a lot of people, we as Christians are dumb. In the eyes of other people, we can be thought of as dumb. We're going to get to that. To be a clown is not to literally be living as a clown. A lot of people will laugh at you, not with you, but laugh at you, to pick on you where you're the punchline of everyone else's joke. That's what it means to be a clown. To be wishy-washy is a difficulty in making up your mind, emotionally driven, trying to fit in with everyone. Be wishy-washy. Many Christians are living with this problem today. Many Christians are wishy-washy. They can be thought as blockheads and clowns. 
And because of that, there's good grief. I had a sermon once called Good Grief. We're going to talk about a little bit of that today. So to be a blockhead, in a lot of people's eyes, you Christians are blockheads. Now, this doesn't mean that you truly are, for it says in the Bible there's a fool that says there is no God. You are not a blockhead. I want you to understand this. That you Christian are not a blockhead. You're not a blockhead because you Christian are not the fool that says there is no God. You are not a blockhead because you realize there is a God who sent his son and lived on this earth. You are not a blockhead. And I want you to say it to yourself, don't say it out loud right now, because I don't need many people saying, I'm not a blockhead. Um, this is not a, 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 a speech moment, like going home, I am not a blockhead. But save yourself when Satan tries to make you feel like a blockhead through others, or even through yourself, you can say to yourself, no, I'm not a blockhead, because I say that there is a God, and he lives within me. But you are not a blockhead, because listen to what it says in Matthew 13, 15, which incidentally, in Matthew 13, 15, when it says this through Jesus Christ, he's actually quoting the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, verse 10. But in Matthew 13, 15, it says this. For this people's heart has grown dull. I'm about the world. It says, for this people's heart has grown dull. Their ears have become hard of hearing, and they have closed their eyes, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand that their hearts, excuse me, with their hearts, and turn, and I should heal them. Christ wants to heal the blockheads of the world. And I don't mean that they're dumb. I mean that they're ignorant. They're ignorant. They're ignorant to the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you are not. Now, you are dumb in their eyes. They will see you as dumb. But can I be honest with you about this? I, it used to hurt me when the, when the people of the world saw me as dumb. I see it as a great blessing now when people think I'm dumb. I'm okay with that. Let them see me as dumb. I'm sure I look like the biggest dummy of all time, I am not just because of the way I look. Look at that fat dummy wearing a, a, a Charlie Brown tie. It's okay. That doesn't bother me because what I am speaking about is not dumb at all. In their minds it might be, but we're speaking about the truth who lives within us, Jesus Christ. It may seem dumb to them. We may, I may seem like a blockhead. Folks, I'm not a blockhead. Okay. So my head has had blocks within it, and they've had to cut me open. I'm okay with that. I'm not a blockhead. No, no, no. The truth speaks within. It may not be truth to them. They think it is fiction because they're fools. They do not see the truth. You're not a blockhead. You know the truth because he lives within you. You're not a blockhead. Remember that. So you're a clown in their eyes. You're a clown in their eyes. In the eyes of the world, you're a clown. So when you are speaking to your family, who don't know the Lord. Maybe even some who do, because they're living by the world. When you're speaking to your friends and people who don't know the Lord, I'm, I'm talking about the lost now. When you're online speaking to people, I'm talking about whether it be Facebook or some other sense, maybe you're texting, maybe you're speaking to them or writing to them, and they're making fun of you, and I'm talking about when you're following God, not when you're going around with them. But when you're following God and you're saying something that makes no sense to them, and they're mocking you and making fun of you, this is a compliment. You're being feeling like a clown. You might even be saying, why is everybody always picking on me? You know why they're picking on you, because they're not picking on you. You're not the blockhead. They're not picking on you. They're the blockhead. They just don't see the truth. They're picking on you because they don't like what they see. Why don't they like what they see? They want to feel safe. They want to feel safe so they don't have to change. You're not the clown they're mocking. In truth, it's because the clown Satan the clown Satan, and yes, he's a clown. I laugh at him all the time. Ah, 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 you don't got me. 
the clown Satan has him fooled and blinded. They don't know any better. I'm not, I'm not mocking the lost. I feel sorry for them. I'm not laughing at them. No, not at all. In fact, I cry for them. I'm like that old crying clown that used to have the tear painted on. I said, that's not a tear, a fake tear. No, not mine. I love them. No, in truth, why is everyone picking on you? Because the truth of Jesus lives within you. Just like the whole reason why they think you're blocked. Because you're not. Because the truth of Jesus lives within you. If they don't, if you don't feel, if you don't feel that, if you don't feel, and if they don't feel that you're saved, if they don't feel the truth and see the truth, then you better beware. If you're not living for God, if you're not living for God, and they don't feel that you're different, that you're a clown of Jesus Christ living within you, you better beware. You better be different than them. You better not be acting like the world, because there's a problem. What does it say in the book of Romans? Well, it says a lot of things. But in Romans chapter 8, there's a lot of wonderful things written. Romans chapter 8, and we got a couple things we're going to read from that. Romans chapter 8, verse 16 through 17, it says this in Romans chapter 8, verse 16 through 17. The Spirit himself, come with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. Okay, so we're mocked, but so that we can be glorified. Now, don't turn yet, because go on to verse 36 in Romans chapter 8. Because it says in Romans 8, 36, in 8, Romans 8, 36, it says, As it is written, for your sake, for my Christ's sake, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. In other words, they, they were literally dying for Jesus, okay? But we suffer for Jesus all day long. We suffer for him all day long. Yes, we get mocked. Yes, we're laughed at. Yes, we're hurt. But we don't have to worry. Although you may be a clown, laughed at, mocked, all those other things. Why are, is everyone always picking on you? It's not you that they're picking on. It's Jesus in you. It should be a blessing to be laughed at for the sake of Christ. It should be a blessing. And then in the book of 1 Peter, chapter 3, verse 14, it says this in 1 Peter 3, 14, But even if you suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. Do not be afraid of their terror. Do not be do not be troubled. Do not be troubled. We should not be troubled if we're laughed at for the sake of Christ. Okay, so it hurts. It hurts to be mocked. It hurts to be laughed at. I'm talking in the emotional sense. It hurts. But it's just for a while. And we're not being laughed at for our sake, but for Christ's sake. And there's other things I can read to you, but I won't go there right now. I won't. Another thing that Charlie Brown was often thought of as, and people say, is the lovable loser. He was the lovable loser partially because we all relate to it. You thought I was the lovable loser. In Charlie Brown, we all feel that way sometimes. Deep down, though, and I'm going to tell you something, quote-unquote lovable loser. you know why you're lovable? If you're quote-unquote a loser. The reason why people love you, despite the fact they're mocking you, is because they feel the spirit in you. They feel Christ in you. 
and they love you despite the fact they don't like you. And they don't like you because they don't like Christ who's in you. But they love you. And you know why? Okay, they may not admit it. It may take a long time for them. They love what they feel in you because they know that it's right. Not you're right, but that Christ is right. They can feel it. You know how many times I've had people come to me later and say, you know, I knew deep down you were right. Not because they've said the Christian, but they knew. And oh, they didn't say it in front of the people. They came to me privately and said, I agree with you. Why did they say it so out loud? Because the flesh wouldn't let them. That's the reason the flesh wouldn't let them. And we understand that. Maybe we've done that ourselves. Maybe the flesh wouldn't let them. And you know what I mean by that. They just didn't have the courage at the time. It's okay. It's okay. Deep down, the lost do respect and love you, love even within you. They know he is in you, and they feel it. Be loving, be kind. Have your arms open wide. Just like you see this. Have your arms open wide. Be loving, kind. Be courageous and be brave. And continue to let God, Jesus Christ, love through you. Remember what I say so very often. There's a couple of them here that I say often. First John 4, 4. And I quote this a lot because it's true. Remember, First John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and you have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is of the world. Greater is he, Christ, who is in you than he who is in the world. No matter how great it seems that Satan and all his ways are in this world, greater is Christ who is in you. Greater is Christ who is in you. Greater who is Christ who is in you. So remember, no matter how much you are mocked, laughed at, hurt, and all those things, Christ is greater who is in you. Now, here's the thing. One thing that I related to with Charlie Brown my whole life was lack of self-respect. Lack of self-respect. Lack of self-respect. Now that's still true to a point, lack of self-respect. But the confidence, the lack of self-confidence that I've had this whole time is still true to a point. I know my faults. I know my physical faults, my emotional faults, even the spiritual faults and other things. But, as I said before, greater is he who is in you. Why? Why? Because our confidence is not to be in ourselves. The confidence that we now find is the confidence of Christ through us, not of us. Because Christ through us can change us to make us stronger. And if we put the confidence in Christ in us and not us ourselves, the more confident we can be in every day, we can be stronger. Because remember what I say all the time. All the time I say we are to die daily. We're to find confidence in Jesus Christ, not in us. And, and we can read this now together. Again. I don't mean out loud, of course. But remember this as it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 5 through 10. Because it says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 5 through 10. For we do not preach ourselves. There we go. We do not preach ourselves. But Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of of the excuse me of for, for God excuse me I'm sorry let me read that of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ but we have this treasure in earthen vessels and that's an earthen vessel the body the excellency of the power being from God and not from ourselves not from ourselves 
Verse 8. We are troubled on every side. And we are from the world around us. Remember that. From every side there comes troubles. From every single side there comes troubles. We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. And that's what we've got to remember. There's troubles coming from every side, but we're not to be distressed. That's what it says. Verse 8. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, yet but not despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. And always carrying around in the body the death of the Lord Jesus, that also the life of Jesus might be expressed in our bodies. Hallelujah. So don't worry about the confidence of yourself and your body. But pastor, I have faults. Of course you have faults. Pastor, I'm not perfect. Of course you're not perfect. But the perfect one is in you. If you've asked Jesus to be your personal Lord and Savior, and he'll perfect you daily if you let him. But I still have a mistake. Give it to him. He'll help you. But I still feel like a clown. Hand it to the Lord Jesus. They'll be less of a clown. Okay, not in the eyes of the world. They'll see you as a clown. But it's okay because the clown they're laughing at is the fact that they don't understand that you're not the blockhead. They are. The clown that they're laughing at is Jesus, who's not a clown. They laughed at him when they put him on the cross. Of course they're going to thank him a clown. Let them laugh at Jesus. Don't let them laugh at your faults, because your faults will be less and less when you change every day through Jesus. I let them laugh at me as long as the Lord they're singing, not my faults, because guess what? Less of me, more of Christ. Okay, I still have faults. Yes, I'm imperfect. Well, I'm imperfect, but Christ is not imperfect. But the one thing we are not to be is wishy-washy. Now, we know, we've heard, if you've ever watched Charlie Brown, or read the Peanuts cartoon, the Congress, which I loved. I loved it when it was in color on Sunday morning. And I loved it black and white, Monday through Friday. It was Saturday, Monday through Saturday, excuse me. And I read amongst all of them. I've got books that have lots of them. And I love the messages, because there's a lot of spiritual messages I do, incidentally, a lot of biblical, biblical morals. Charles Schultz is a brilliant man. In fact, I went out there last Sunday in 2000 and uh, he, uh, he put the last one out and this so happened that day he passed away. The day that he put out the very last comic strip he passed away and was in heaven that day. Because one thing Charles Schultz was not, he was not wishy-washy. As he grew in the spirit he was not wishy-washy unlike his counterpart, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown was trying to please everyone around him. He didn't have self-confidence might be sound funny if Pastor Thomas started Brown, but here's what a lot of people do, because we can relate. But we're not to be with you all these Christians. Don't go back and forth. We've all done it, if we're honest. We've gone back and forth trying to please our friends, trying to please the people that we're trying to bring to the Lord. But we can't do that. We'd be loving, but it doesn't mean we're trying to please them. We like them. We're not, to them. we're not to be on the fence. You know, there was a wall that Charlie Brown and Linus would lean on. And they've talked about things going on, but you never saw them sitting on it. They didn't go on it and try to be on that wall, that fence. They didn't sit on it and say, you know, maybe we could. No, 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 no. You may look over it. Don't get on it. Don't try to be back and forth. No, no, no. We're not to be back and forth. We're not to be wishy-washy. Don't go back and forth between the worldly and the godly, between the flesh and the spirit. 
between the sinfulness and the righteousness. No, no, no. We're not to do that. We can't do that. Dare I say between pretty and ugly. And I'm talking in the spirit. Who are you to say what's pretty and ugly? I'm not. The Lord is. What does it say in the book of Matthew, chapter 10, verse 39? Well, I love what it says. Jesus Christ said this. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 39, He who finds life will lose it. We're talking physical. He who finds life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Okay? Now what do I mean by that in this sense? Don't try to live like the world. You're going to lose your life for the Lord. Now, what I'm saying is, you know, I say don't going to be I'm talking about losing salvation. And I'm simply saying, I say that because that can be confusing sometimes when people are talking. And I've been quoting, oh, you said you could lose your salvation. That's not what I'm saying. I said you could lose your closeness to the Lord. That's what I'm saying. I guess I have to make that point here every week because. I heard people say, well, that pastor said that. No, no, no. It's not what that pastor said. I'm certain not what that pastor ever said. But I do know what it's like to be closer to the Lord God. Because you're closer to being in flesh than you were in the spirit. I've done it. I've done it. Hebrews 11, 24 to 26. I love this. Hebrews 11. Maybe my favorite chapter in the Bible. Definitely one of them. Hebrews 11. Talking about your faith. About the people of the Old Testament live by faith, and how their faith, living before Christ came, is like our faith following Christ. Listen to this. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 to 25. If you've never read that entire chapter, oh, please, please. Here we go. Hebrews chapter 11, 24 to 26. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a time. He esteemed the reproach of Christ as greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. You see, folks, we can live in sinful joy for a time. For a time. Rather it be sexual joy and it's joyful. And then it goes away. Maybe it's emotional sin, and it's joyful for a time. When Satan came to Eve and Adam at the same time, whether it was right, right there or whatever, it doesn't matter. They they took a bite of that fruit, and it was joyful for a time. And then it wasn't. Whether it be a sin of anger and hate. It's joyful to get angry and throw a fit and say words you shouldn't say or hit or whatever it might be. You all know it. I'm not just talking about bad language. I'm talking about, about hatefulness and anger and saying what you want to say. I'll tell them what for. And you blah, 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 things you wouldn't want to say. Oh, I've been holding back for a long time. <laughs> and you say what you want to say and it's joyful for a time. And then it's not. And you wish you hadn't. And it goes on and on and on just for a time. 
But, you know what's even more joyful? To listen to the Spirit says, oh, don't do it. Don't do it. Hold back. Hold back. Hold back. And then you grow from that. And it lasts. It goes on. And you grow. And the next time you're tempted, Satan goes, oh, you know what? Go at it. Go at it. Say, wait, I said no before. The Spirit gives me the strength to say no again. And you grow from that. Don't be wishy-washy. Don't be a blockhead. Don't be a blockhead. Oh, no. But, Pastor, it's hard when people mock me, call me a blockhead, call me a clown, go through these hard times. It's hard to go through this and be going through this wishy-washy testing. It's hard. I know, you, Pastor, I'm going through grief. Yes, yes. But good comes from this grief. This is good grief. This is good grief. And from this, you can have that good grief. You see, there is such a good thing. There's such a thing as good grief. You can grow and learn from these hard times, from these difficulties, from the grief, and this can be good. There's such a thing from it. Listen to what it says in 1 Peter 2.20. And let me tell you something. If anybody in the world knew about grief and how to gain good from grief? Oh, there's a lot of them to do. Peter was one of them. This is the man who cursed the name of Christ at a time of temptation. The one who said, I would never fail you, Jesus. And then he failed him. I would never curse your name. And he did. Oh, he, the very one who said, no, 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 no. I don't care what they say. And then he heard that rooster, cock-a-doodle-doo, and he said, oh, my goodness, I did exactly what I said I wouldn't do. Don't you know it grieved his spirit? He had grief, but from that grief came good because from that grief he became exactly what Jesus Christ said he would become. He became Cephas the Rock Peter. Simon became Peter the Rock. Folks, from our grief, we can become good, not because of us, but because of what I said before, because of Christ who's within us. We can grab confidence, not from self-confidence, but because of the confidence of Christ in us. Good grief. 1 Peter 2.20. Stay in 1 Peter. We're going to go through that a little bit. 1 Peter 2.20. For what credit is it if when you are being beaten for your sins, you patiently endure but if when doing good and suffering for it you patiently endure this is favorable before God and then it says in 1st Peter again this time chapter 4 verse 16 in 1st Peter chapter 4 verse 16 it says this yet if anyone suffers as a Christian let him not be ashamed but let him glorify God because of it. Praise the Lord. I, I would write that down about you, 1 Peter 4, 16, because you will suffer for God. You will suffer for Christ. You will suffer whenever you're being obedient to God. Oh, boy. I'll tell you, in school, I was mocked. I was made fun of. Listen, this is how I saw it. Maybe it's a blessing to be the way I was. It was a blessing to be overweight and, and everything else in certain ways. Okay, There's some things I could have done to help it. You know that. But it was a blessing to be called a geek. And I was. It was a blessing to be called all these things. And you know why? Because the way I saw it, if I was going to be mocked for looking the way I look, if I was going to be mocked for having surgeries and all that, which I was, if I was going to be mocked for liking things I like and all that other stuff, I might as well be mocked for Christ and enjoy it. Because if you're going to be made fun of, which, by the way, you're going to be made fun of depending on where you're at. 
You're going to be made fun of for something. You might as well be made fun of for the good things and grow from the grief. Because that's good grief. And then there's 1 Peter 5. Because in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, it says this. In 1 Peter 5, verse 10. But after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called us to his eternal glory, glory through Christ Jesus, will restore, support, strengthen, and establish you. Amen. Amen. Yeah, you'll suffer. And who would know better but Peter? He was established. Remember what Jesus said to him on the beach? He said, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then feed my sheep. Simon Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. You get starting to get grieved by it. He gave him a chance to take it back. The denying of him three times, he allowed him to bring it back three times. You know all things, you know that I love you. Then feed my sheep. Isn't that beautiful? God gives us a chance. Go through good grief. Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10 says, so I take pleasure in weakness. This is Paul. Or, yeah, Paul speaking here. This is the, the same one in which he prayed that he could be healed from whatever physical weakness he had. He says, so I take pleasure in weakness, in reproaches, in hardships, in persecutions, and in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. He's saying for whatever pain I feel. Listen, I do the same thing with all my prayers. I can't feel my hands very well. It's, it's numb. It's horrible. I hate it. So if you ever play a video game against me and you win, now you know why. No, I'm kidding. In reality, I feel pain every day. I hurt. I, but the truth is I have physical problems every day. But God gives me blessings for it. I'm still able to get up here. And even if I fall down the seas, I'm going to get back up with the power of God and finish the sermon because greater is he who's within me. And I know that God has given me abilities beyond that because it is God who's within me. And I find pleasure even in the weakness because God is with me through it. I may be a blockhead in the eyes of the world, but God he still loves me despite my physical weaknesses. And one last one that we're going to look at in this section before we finish today, and that is James. Oh, I love James. Jesus is a little brother. James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. Hallelujah. This is what it says. This is what it says. You're going to like this. When we're tempted to do bad, listen to what it says. James chapter 1, 2 through 4. My brothers, is this back to grief again? You say, okay, so we looked at grief, bad times we go through. We looked at physical grief. But what about the spiritual grief when we're tempted to do bad? Well, let's look what James says about that. This is important. James chapter 1, 2 through 4. My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Wow. That's, that's deep. Count it joy when you go through temptations? But listen, what? James 1, 2 through 4. My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith develops Patience, but let patience, excuse me, but, but patience perfect its work 
that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, what does that mean, Pastor? That means when you're tempted, whether it be in anger, whether it be in lust, whether it be in gluttony, whether it be in any kind of temptation, folks, whether, no matter what it might be in, whether it be something you're tempted to, something you have, a, 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 maybe you're addicted to something. I don't know what it could be. It might be some, I'm not even going to go in through the list. There's a whole list, and I don't want to embarrass anybody, but because you might be at home going, oh, man, he knows what I'm thinking. Folks, I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know your mind. I know my mind. But what I do know is that I've had every temptation you've had. Okay, so I may not have some of the problems you've had. I won't go through the list, but I know this. Every temptation you've had, I've had addictions. They may not be the same addictions, but I've had them. I've had temptations of lust and anger and languages and other things. I've had them. I've had my mistakes, just like you. But it may not be the same kind of lust. It may not be the same kind of temptation. It may not be the same kind of anger. It may not be the same kind of flesh. It may not be the same kind of things. But I've had them. And Satan comes at me just like he comes to you. And so here's what we do. When that comes, we don't say, well, I'll give in because God has saved me by grace. So I'll just give in to him. He'll forgive me again. No, 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 no. Because then you go right back to the beginning again. It's like starting a test at school, and you go, okay, well, I just have to start over again at the test again. Start over again. No, don't do that. Say no. Don't say, well, God forgives me. That's not the point. If you want to grow in the spirit, don't start over again. Don't start over again. Don't start over again. Just keep going. When the temptation comes, say, no, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. Say, get me behind me, Satan. Say, I won't have it. Good grief. Get away. I'm not going to have it. Therefore, anytime Satan tries to get you, when Satan tries to come to you with a bag full of rocks, don't take those treats. You stand up and say, no, I'm not going to have it. You just stand up with the word of God and say, I won't have it. If he comes to you with a temptation, stand up to him with the word of God like Jesus did when the temptation came upon him. You don't have to say yes to those temptations. Stand up and say no, because the power of Christ is in you. So remember, wonderful children of God, my brothers and sisters of Christ, you're not a blockhead. Okay. You're a blockhead in the eyes of the world. You're a clown in the eyes of the world. But in reality, you're not. It is them who's ignorant. You're a clown because it's Christ who's the clown they're laughing at like they did whenever he carried the cross. And by all means, do not be wishy-washy. You're only wishy-washy if you go back to them and you fall before the trap, for the test. But one thing you can't have is good grief. Take up that good grief. Appreciate it for what it is. And I close today by one last verse. One last verse, Matthew 10, 22. Because it says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 22, Jesus said this, You will be hated by all men for my name's sake, but he who endures it to the end will be saved. You're saved by the blood of Jesus. Endure it. Take it up. By all means, don't be wishy-washy. And if they see you as a blockheaded clown, you're going through some really good grief. 
and I'm proud of you, and more importantly, Jesus Christ is. Let's bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, I pray that you're speaking to us today, and you're showing us the areas of our life where we need to stand strong, and the areas where perhaps we have been wishy-washy, the areas in my life where I've been wishy-washy, where we need to be more obedient, and where we need to be greater for you. I pray if there be anyone here who's gone through so much, where they feel that they have fallen short, I pray today, Lord, that you will show them that you can help them stand stronger today and from now on. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that you will just be with them from this day forward. And I pray, Lord God, that you will surround them with your strength and your, their love, your love, Lord God, so that they will realize that if anything, the grief they go through is not only good, but it's, be, it's because the people see you in them. And it's really a great compliment to be assaulted by the world. Lord God, I pray for all this, and I pray for your love to surround my brothers and sisters of Christ right now. If there's anyone going through tremendous hardships right now, physically or emotionally, and Lord God, uh, I pray if there's anyone going through uh, spiritual warfare right now in their life, mental warfare, I pray, Lord, you will help them, lift them up today. I pray this in your holy precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen.